Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Skincare Made Simple. I am your host, Ella Elston. I'm a licensed esthetician turned stay-at-home mama, so I've left the spa and now take clients virtually, host rooms on the social app Clubhouse, post a whole lot on Instagram and TikTok, and now do a skincare podcast so we can make skincare simple again. There are so many tips and tricks and bits of advice out there that it makes it hard to know which one will be right for your skin. So let's get back to the basics and make healthy, clear, radiant skin accessible to everyone. Hello and welcome back to Skincare Made Simple. I've taken a little bit of a break the last few weeks to really focus on my mental health. We've had a lot going on in our little family, so I've just taken some time off to really focus on my family and what matters most. However, I missed recording podcast more than I expected to. This was my first little break that I've taken from recording, and though my podcast is fairly new, I've still gotten into a bit of a routine with it, so it feels really nice to be sitting down and recording again. So today, we are going to be talking all about acne. Now, we did talk about hormonal acne in the last episode, so if you have not listened to that one, I highly, highly recommend going and listening to that one and then coming back to this one because I'm not really going to touch on hormonal acne in this episode much. But we are going to talk about the two other main categories of acne and knowing what type of acne you have is going to play a big role in knowing what treatments will work best for your acne. Now I've got a lot to cover in this episode, so we're just going to jump right into it. No need to add in a bunch of filler information because I'm already going to throw a whole lot at you today. As always, if you have any questions, I'm always available. Instagram's really the best way to reach out to me, but you can also send me an email. I've got that linked below. I also have my consults linked below. So if you want to work with me one-on-one, I've got a couple different options there along with a new option that has a 30-minute video chat so we can talk face-to-face and really dive deep into your skin. Everything is linked in the show notes below. And aside from that, let's get started. So like I said, we're going to be talking about the two other forms of acne, and this is going to be debris-based acne and bacteria-based acne. So debris-based acne is going to be your whiteheads and blackheads. These are going to be clogged pores that are going to be clogged with excess sebum, dead skin cells, dirt, debris, uh, environmental pollutants, all sorts of things like that, and they just need to be cleaned out. The difference between whiteheads and blackheads, blackheads are an open comedone, so all of the debris is sitting in there and it is just open to the air, which is why it goes through oxidation from the air, and then it turns dark, dark brown or black. Sometimes on certain skin tones, it can appear almost grayish. Then we have whiteheads, which are the exact same thing, but they're covered by a very, very thin layer of skin cells. So it is closed off, so the oxidation doesn't happen, and they appear almost white. These are super common, and having a solid exfoliation rotation, having a solid skincare routine with products targeted for your specific skin type and skin concerns 
which if you don't know what those products are going to be, go back and listen to the first few episodes of this podcast. And we do a little bit more of a deep dive into skin types and what you should be looking for in your solid routine. And then we have bacteria-based acne. So these are going to be your papules, pustules, and cystic acne. Now, all of us have the P. acne bacteria on our skin. And those with acne-prone skin have a surplus of this P. acne bacteria. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just part of our skin's natural microbiome. However, when you have a surplus of this P. acne bacteria, that's when you're going to get those papules, pustules, and cystic acne. What triggers the P. acne bacteria is going to be inflammation, and that can be inflammation in the skin, that can be inflammation in the body, and that comes from so many different areas. It can come from a hormonal imbalance, like we talked about in the last episode. It can come from foods that you're eating. It can come from stress. It can come from not getting enough sleep. It can come from doing too much with your skin, like over exfoliating or not wearing sunscreen. So your skin's then getting inflamed from the sun. So basically anything that could cause inflammation, which is kind of everything, could trigger this P. acne bacteria. We also want to make sure that we have a healthy microbiome with that because if you have a surplus of the good bacteria, it'll fight out the bad bacteria. So it'll help a whole lot there. We will be doing a whole nother episode on the microbiome and going deep, deep into that, which I find that fascinating because your microbiome helps with so much, but not the tangent we're going off on today. Those are going to be your two main types of acne. It's going to be debris-based acne, so your whiteheads and blackheads, or your bacteria-based acne, your papules, pustules, and cystic acne. Now, real quick before we move on, the uh, whiteheads or blackheads can turn into cystic acne if you're not doing the right thing. So basically how that process works is you get a, let's say you get a blackhead and you're like, oh, I'm going to extract it. So you extract it in whatever form that you pop your pimples at home and you don't get it all out. Well, then it's open to the air and then the bacteria gets in or you've aggravated your skin to the point that you have caused some inflammation and the bacteria starts to form and then you have a papule. So a papule is going to be a little node under the skin, and it's going to be one that could be painful, could not be, but it's not going to have a head necessarily when it first pops up. Then if you continue to mess with it and you pick at it some more, you try to pop it, you think, oh, it's starting to come to a head. I'm going to pop it. And then again, you don't get everything out. But even if you get some of it out, you could possibly rupture what's going on underneath the surface. And that is going to make everything spread. That is also what's going to turn it into a pustule. So a pustule is a papule with pus in it. So the pus typically comes to a head. It'll be a white head. It'll be a large white head. There is a very distinct difference if you're looking at a white head next to a papule or pustule that has come to a head. Those are much larger. So it will come to a head, it'll be white or sometimes even yellowish, and that's the pus forming. Please, please, please do not mess with these. If you, again, mess with them or you use a physical exfoliant on top of any of these, that can aggravate the skin as well, that can spread the bacteria. And then after that, it turns into cystic acne. Now it does not always go through this process, 
but you can take a whitehead or blackhead and by messing with it, by aggravating it, by rupturing it underneath the skin, you can turn it into cystic acne, which cystic acne is one of the hardest to get rid of. Cystic acne is also the most likely to leave a scar or a crater in the skin once it does go away. And it's just, we want to avoid that at all costs if we can. So please do not mess with your skin. Just let the acne do its thing. Let your cleansers and your treatments do their thing. And you don't need to attempt extractions at home. I am a chronic picker. I pick at my skin. I know that it's much easier to say don't do it than it is to avoid it, but make a conscious effort to not pick at your skin. If you are going to pick at your skin, if you're like, you know what? I just, I have to do it. It's your little nervous tick that you have to do. That's fine. Message me and let me know. And I will tell you the safest way to do it. Now, Again, I am not encouraging you to pick at your skin, but if you are going to pick at your skin, if you know yourself and you're like, I'm not going to stop picking at my skin no matter what, no matter how much I want to stop, I'm not going to do it. Fine. I will accept that, but let me know and I'll tell you the right way to do it so that we're causing the least amount of damage. So we'll just leave that there. Now, like I've already mentioned There are a couple things you can do aside from treatments to help with acne, and that's going to be having a solid skincare routine targeted for your skin, for your skin type, your skin concerns, and then we want to keep it consistent. Your skin likes consistency. Your skin likes routine. So I compare skin to toddlers a lot. If you're a mom, you're going to get this. Toddlers like consistency. Toddlers like routine. They thrive off that. So does your skin. Now, when I say a routine, I'm talking about what you use in the morning and what you use at night. And then on top of that, we're going to add in an exfoliation rotation. Now, the exfoliation rotation I did talk about in the exfoliation episode. But basically what that is is a four-night rotation where you are cycling your skincare. Uh, the dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bow is the one who has coined that term. So if you don't follow her on Instagram, I highly recommend doing so. So the four night rotation is basically going to look like this. So on night one, you're going to exfoliate and that's using whatever exfoliant your skin needs. So for, and that's using whatever exfoliant your skin needs. I do recommend that for acne prone skin, we go with a chemical exfoliant like salicylic acid or alzaic acid rather than a physical exfoliant like a scrub, but that is mostly because we don't want to rupture any of the active breakouts and end up spreading any of the bacteria. We are trying to minimize breakouts, not spread them. Then on night two, We are going to retinol. Retinol does wonders for the skin, especially acne prone skin. So we want to make sure that we have a retinol in our routine. If you do not want to add a retinol for whatever reason, that's fine. You can exfoliate your skin a second night in a row. Then on nights three and four, we're going to let our skin rest. I know it can feel so weird when you have an active breakout to not be using 
and active ingredient to fight the breakouts. It can feel so wrong, but you need to let your skin repair itself. Your skin can do wonderful, magical things on its own. So what we are trying to do is help our skin. We're not trying to force it to do anything, which is why rest nights are so important. You can actually make more progress in a rest night and letting your skin be on this rotation and have time to repair itself than you can doing an exfoliation every single night and risk damaging your barrier. Your barrier is so needed for the health of your skin. And if you exfoliate, 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 then your barrier doesn't have time to catch up. So we need those rest nights. So nights three and four are going to be our rest nights. That's it for the four night exfoliation rotation. We're just going to cycle those nights. So exfoliate, retinol, rest, rest, repeat. It's super simple. And if you need to, put a little card up on your mirror, take a dry erase marker and put it on your mirror so you can keep track of where you are in your cycle. On top of that, we want to make sure we're not over exfoliating. Like I just said, your barrier won't have time to repair itself, but over exfoliation will trigger inflammation. So we want to, again, keep to that four night exfoliation rotation. If your skin is on the sensitive side, you can add in more rest nights. So you can have as many rest nights as you need, but we want to keep it consistent. The other thing you can do aside from specific acne treatments is going to be looking at your lifestyle. Do you have a high stress job? Are you getting enough sleep at night? Is your diet balanced? I'm not saying you have to do Whole30 or you have to be vegan or whatever, but are you balancing the amount of coffee you're drinking with the amount of water you're drinking? Are you balancing your midnight ice cream before bed with eating plenty of fruits and veggies during the day? We want to make sure that our lifestyle is balanced. We want to have a at least mostly healthy diet. We want to make sure that we're taking in enough water and getting enough sleep and managing our stress because all of these things will trigger inflammation in the body. And again, inflammation results in acne. What happens in the gut shows up on the face. Now, once we have all of those taken care of, we need to look at what treatment we are adding in. So these treatments will be added in on your exfoliation night. The main one, the one that we all know, especially if you're acne prone, Salicylic acid. Salicylic acid is also known as a beta hydroxy acid. It can cut through the oil in your skin, unlike alpha hydroxy acids. So salicylic acid can cut through the oil, get into the pore, scoop everything out and disintegrate it. So salicylic acid is amazing for cleaning out your pores, making sure everything stays nice and clear. It will also help with that bacteria-based acne. So salicylic acid is sort of your cure-all when it comes to acne. And we want to look at it in a range of 1% to 2%. Now, it can be as low as 0.5% and still be effective. But really, if you are trying to target acne, you want it between 1% and 2%. And then the FDA, if you are in the United States, the FDA has said that if it is over 0.5% of salicylic acid in a product, it has to be listed under active ingredients. Now, there are some products that have salicylic acid that don't list it as an active ingredient. And when it's not listed as an active ingredient, that is because it has less than 0.5% in the product. 
Now, this is okay. However, it's not going to have the exfoliation properties that we need to help clear up acne. The reason that it would be in these products is because salicylic acid does have some other amazing benefits. It is anti-inflammatory. It's also calming, which are very similar things, but it can calm down redness. It can calm down inflammation. So if you have a product that has less than 0.5% salicylic acid and you put it on your breakout, it can help to tone down the appearance pretty quickly. So it's still nice to have those products, but they're not going to be doing any exfoliating unless it's above 0.5%. Now, aside from salicylic acid, we also have benzoyl peroxide, which I love benzoyl peroxide. It mostly works for bacteria-based acne, and it can be a little bit drying if it's overused. So we want to save this one sort of just when we are dealing with an active breakout with bacteria-based acne. It's not going to do a whole lot for whiteheads and blackheads. It does also help to repair your microbiome, which is fantastic as well, which again, if we are dealing with bacteria-based acne, we're dealing with the P. acne bacteria, which naturally lives in our microbiome. So if benzoyl peroxide helps to strengthen the good bacteria on our skin, that will again result in fighting off the P. acne bacteria. See that little circle there? So benzoyl peroxide is a great addition, and we want to look for that between 2.5 and 10%. Now, 10% is incredibly strong. So if you are new to benzoyl peroxide, if you have a damaged barrier layer, if your skin is dehydrated, then we want to stick to that 2.5% when we start out. I personally use a 5% and my skin is fairly healthy. I am very acne prone, but my skin and my barrier and my microbiome are all fairly healthy. And a 5% is about the most that I can do. So start with a 2.5% and work your way up from there. We always want to ease our skin into these products and we don't want to go full force right away. That could have some major backlash. The last of the products that we're going to talk about is going to be sulfur. Now, sulfur isn't a common one. However, it can definitely help. So sulfur works best for whiteheads and blackheads because what it does is it's going to target the dead skin cell buildup and it's going to target excess sebum. So if you're super oily, if your pores get clogged a lot, then sulfur is going to be a really good one to use. Now we're going to use it in a spot treatment because this isn't an exfoliation that we're gonna do all over the skin. Since it can cause some sensitivities if your skin is even slightly dry, dehydrated, or your barrier is damaged. So we do want to be a little careful with sulfur. However, if whiteheads and blackheads are your biggest issue, this can be a major help. When looking at purchasing any salicylic acid, benzoyl peroxide, or sulfur product, we do want to make sure that we are getting a leave-on treatment. Now, this leave-on treatment can be in the form of a toner, a spot treatment, or a serum. We are not looking for a cleanser or a moisturizer when it comes to these products. Because if you remember, in episode one or two, I believe... We talked about the base routine that everyone should have, and the base routine you should have is going to be a cleanser, a moisturizer, and a sunscreen. Now, your cleanser and your moisturizer should be there to nourish your skin. Your sunscreen is obviously there to protect your skin, 
but your cleanser and moisturizer don't need these active ingredients in them. We don't need salicylic acid. We don't need benzoyl peroxide. We don't need sulfur. You don't need any other exfoliants or retinols or anything like that in your cleanser or your moisturizer because you don't need to be using those every single day. Your cleanser and your moisturizer need to be used twice a day, every day. So having something like a salicylic acid in a cleanser or a moisturizer, while yes, it will help to clear up your acne, it's also going to damage your barrier using something exfoliating that often. So we want to make sure that we are using these in a serum, toner, or spot treatment. And when I say toner, if you are looking at a toner, please, please, please make sure that it does not have any drying alcohols in it. Please look at the ingredients. And if it says alcohol, Google what alcohol it is. And if it's a fatty alcohol, you're good. If it's not a fatty alcohol, do not buy it. We don't want any sort of astringents. We don't want any toners with alcohol in them aside from fatty alcohols because they will dry out your skin to no extent. So be very careful with those. I use the word toner very lightly. I'm not a fan of toners. Again, that's a tangent for another day. And that's actually going to be it. So that was a lot of information that I just explained in 20-ish minutes. So that was a lot. Again, if you have any questions, please reach out to me. I so appreciate you hanging out with me and coming back after my little break and learning more about acne. I really hope this helps you on your acne journey. If you would like to get some one-on-one -on -one help, we've got the link down below under shop my shelf slash consults. We also have my shop my shelf down there where you can see all of my favorite products based on different skin types and skin concerns. And we also have a couple links. We've got a link to my Instagram and to my TikTok. Both of those I am very, very active on. Again, I took a break on both of those as well, not just on podcasting. Took a break from pretty much all social media to help with my family stuff that I had going on. But I'm so glad to be back. I'll be back again next week for a, another wonderful episode. Maybe we'll talk about retinols. Maybe we'll talk about the microbiome. Honestly, haven't figured it out yet. But if you have any requests, let me know. And until then, I hope y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Mm -hmm.